Hello and welcome to the BA Knowledge Share. In this episode, I'm honored to have Dr. Dr. Sriram Rajagopalan, who is the Head of Training and Learning Services at Infectra. A couple of episodes ago, uh, we had interviewed and got a really good insight into Infectra and its uh, business model. So I'm, I'm happy to, to have uh, Dr. Rajagopalan on this uh, this podcast. So welcome. Thank you very much, uh, Rashmi. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. And can you introduce yourself and give us some a brief background about yourself? Definitely. Uh, my name is again, Dr. Sridham Rajkopalan. I'm currently working as an enterprise agile evangelist uh, with Infectra Corporation, head of training, um, providing customized services for different clients in different industries. Uh, but prior to that, I was also the vice president of uh, program management office and proposition delivery, um, where about uh, 50 people I was managing to deliver different kinds of programs, products within the life sciences space for different companies within the life sciences space. Um, I also have been teaching as an assistant teaching professor in a number of universities, uh, talking about where the world is going, uh, the type of leadership that is required in the IT space, in the artificial intelligence, data analytics, business analytics, project management, agile, scaling agile, and you know advanced agile techniques, digital project management, and stuff like that. Um, currently, I'm also the the main principal, um, um, you know, quote unquote, uh, um, the person faculty responsible for. Um, strategic leadership, global leadership, and those kind of areas as well within um, how fourth industrial revolution technologies is emerging. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also a published author. I published a book called Organized Common Sense, which is talking about how project management principles are really required. Um, but in a nutshell, um, I try to give uh, my time back to the community that made me who I am. Great. Well, thank you for the introduction and the vast knowledge and experience that you have. Speaking about the fourth industrial revolution that you just mentioned, and knowing the audience are sort of business analysts and in the analytics space, um, in the AI um, space as well, can you elaborate on the history and impact of AI? Um, definitely, that's a very big, vast question. Um, yeah, right. But, uh, but just just focusing on some of the important things, AI has uh, become more like a um, a very commonplace uh, term that we currently use, um, but it has been around for more than two, three decades, at least at a minimum. Um, somewhere around 1991, um, I was uh, in Scotland and I was uh, working on expert systems, like what kind of data to be given for a computer program to differentiate common symptoms like cold, headache, uh, flu and you know fever and these kind of things and how we can determine whether it is a simple problem or something that really requires a medical intervention. Um, so you know those kind of expert system knowledge uh, happened a long time back. Um, remember working on Prolog at that point and um, those of you that have uh, worked on list processing with AutoCAD and stuff like that in the two or three decades back. Um, that is also some element of artificial intelligence and machine learning, how we are able to do that. Um, so we have come a long way in terms of how unstructured, structured, as well as semi-structured uh, uh, learning models can apply. Um, the fourth industrial revolution technology has been present for quite some time. And this is uh, talking more about how drones, 
um, how different kinds of um, in NLP, natural language processing, uh, different types of machine learning, um, and everything is actually being involved. So the cars that we are using, it's not necessarily that autonomous driving vehicles that we are currently having, but even some of those uh, anti-lock braking systems. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the things about uh, talking to Siri, um, and you know, these things are all emerging over a long period of time. So it was not like suddenly we are seeing all these things converge, um, but this has been present for a long period of time. So at, at least at a minimum, the artificial machine intelligence can be traced back to you know three to four uh, decades. Mm -hmm. um, but the last uh, 10 years or so has been seeing an exponential increase of uh, convergence of all these technologies, primarily because of the sophistication of a number of different things that's happening today. Um, so that's in a nutshell about a overarching expansive uh, approach of how AI has been evolving mm -hmm. in different different spaces. And different industries uh, also continue to explore different technologies. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in in a different fashion, and you know, while we are talking about this, we have to put in uh, context the pandemic that recently happened. Right. Uh, many times people think like, oh, the remote working um, and the enablement of all these remote working tools and many other things that come up with the telehealth and uh, you know services that were uh, launched. Um, prevalently, you know, during this particular time frame, we're all because of the pandemic. No, it is not necessarily because of the pandemic, because the virtual health assistants, um, image diagnosis, uh, as to how a, a radio technician reads the different uh, different kinds of, uh, you know, uh, medical images and see whether there is a, a pattern emerging or not, um, cancer diagnosis, um, you know, EMS screening, and a number of different uh, Techniques have been constantly being um, researched and uh, implemented in different, uh, you know, shapes and forms. Uh, but the pandemic did actually bring all these things back to reality and say we need to have some other additional thought process as well. So I just want to call this out primarily because AI has been present for a long period of time. Pandemic mm -hmm. came and did a little bit of a push, gentle push, and say we need to actually move into these areas. And now we are seeing a lot of convergence of these things happening um, more rapidly than um, we have seen in the last three decades. Yeah, no, it's interesting you bring that up, that it's it's been in the works for many decades, right? So it, the, the pandemic sort of encouraged um, a lot the, of the acceleration to happen. Um, that being said, um, what are some of the roles and jobs that you're seeing emerge from the impact of AI? So as an example, um, ChatGPT came in end of 2022. I think that sort of pushed everyone's awareness. Um, but what, being in the industry for decades, what, what are some um, jobs that you're seeing emerge from, from AI, um, specifically around the analytics space? That's an excellent question. Um, so, you know, many times um, AI is, uh, you know, some there is a group of people that think like if AI is going to be uh, an enemy, you know, this is not the right thing. We shouldn't do these things. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, human intelligence is always bigger than artificial intelligence. I'm not disagreeing with any one of those thought process. Uh, but then there is another group of people that says like, you know, AI is going to be my friend. You know, I need to use this to, you know, get uh, my mundane tasks uh, or, you know, normally uh, manual tasks to be um, automated. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it really depends upon how people see each other. So in terms of uh, AI, AI is here to stay. Technology is here to stay, you know, as we 
um, you know, you know that uh, the curve where people initially have this big resistance and then right. you know, normalize towards like, okay, this is where it's going to stay. And now then they start accepting the reality and start, you know, embracing how to move forward. So the roles that I am seeing emerging is primarily relating to how we can um, release capacity um, from the mundane tasks that we have already automated so that we are having thought process in terms of um, strategy as to what the company should do. Uh, should the product be done at this point in time? Is there a different element of the product? Should we prioritize some other future because of the risk it proposes? Um, and the benefits to not just the the company that is telling me how to deliver the product, but the actual end users, the customers of the product themselves, mm -hmm. um, and see the value alignment. So some of the things that I am seeing emerging are, um, I, I will talk more about the responsibilities and then move into the, the roles that are emerging. So the responsibilities mm -hmm. that, that are emerging right now are, are you a critical thinker? Because a lot of the mundane tasks have been um, taken away from you. You know, the to-do list, the task list, and, you know, things like that have been taken away from you. So the idea here is like, are you able to think of a, a bigger proposition? You know, what needs to be done, how it needs to be done and stuff like that. That's coming more and more um, expected of, you know, many of the roles, primarily in the analytics space. As well as uh, when I say analytics, it is primarily both business analytics and data analytics. You know, both of them are, you know, um, um, working in tandem at this point. The next one is going to be more of an idea generator. I would like to come to the table with an idea of this is what the industry needs. This is what uh, a potential uh, idea can be. And it could be um, incremental innovation that people call Kaizen or continuous improvement, or it could also be uh, radical innovation or Kaikaku. Um, so both are really required. Um, and so that means both the product level innovation as well as the process level innovation, both are really required in both the business and data analytics uh, you know, groups. Mm -hmm. The third one is going to be more about a value created. You know, not all ideas are going to stick. So what ideas will stick? And what kind of criteria will you put in place, like the objectives and key results, the key performance indices, um, and, you know, things like that. What are you going to use as a measure to evaluate the idea that I came up with um, is sticking as, you know, grounds to explore further and stuff like that. And fourth is going to be more of a, a value aligner um, because as multiple uh, streams of businesses are coming up with their own innovative ideas, mm -hmm. how you align them, how you try to, you know, monitor them to, you know, see whether it is uh, all working together. And in my humble opinion, the ideas begin critical thinker, idea generator, um, and then the value creator and the value aligner. If you take all the four responsibilities, mm -hmm. excuse me, it's all based upon risk-driven thinking. What are the potential risks that have available and mm -hmm. how can I address them proactively? How can I address them reactively at a later point? Because not all risks are created equal. So those thought processes are emerging. So now let's shift into the roles. Sure. Now, when you shift these, take these responsibilities into the roles, the things that are emerging primarily are uh, more of a versatilist. I don't want to come and say I'm a business analyst and then I'm a data analyst and I'm a system analyst because if the business and the data and the system don't work together, we only have created chaos. Mm -hmm. 
right? So what people are looking for is a lot more than those T-shaped skulls. You know, somewhere around 85, you know, uh, 95 time period is when we started thinking about those T-shaped skills where we said we don't want a person that is having depth of knowledge in one thing, but no breadth of knowledge. So we said, you know, we need to have T-shaped skills. And since then we have moved along. And in 1995 and 2005, you know, five time period, we basically came back and said, not one depth of knowledge. We want to have more than one depth of knowledge. So, you know, pie-shaped skills. Um, and then we moved on to the E-shaped skills around 2015 or so. So the, the more and more the expectation is I want you to be able to think from a business standpoint, as well as from a system standpoint, as well as from the data standpoint. And I always say data is pure gold now. Mm -hmm. Data is the pure gold. So we have to use what insights exist in the data that artificial intelligence and machine learning can be used to unearth and what kind of stories are untold, what kind of stories are supposed to be told more of, and what kind of stories should be told less of. You know, those are things that we need to start looking at. So that's how the world is moving forward. It's versatile. It's not like BA roles are going to be gone. We want everybody to be a data analytics from now on. Um, and data analytics is going to go away and business analytics is, uh, you know, what is really required. It's not that, but it's all converging. Right. We do want people to have that, uh, um, you know, multiple skill sets to be able to think from multiple dimensions. And and to, to your point, I would think that um, it, it's learning is is key. Um, so I, I I keep saying this: business analysis is a skill set. If you have that, that sort of helps you if you are a data analyst, right? So it's those um, uh, the, the the vertical, not the vertical, but the horizontal sort mm -hmm. of. Uh, skill set building um, that that I think moving forward would work and, and ties into what you just said. Um, so tied to that is, is how can one prepare for the transition to AI? Because you know there's there's so much information out there. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of chaos in terms of a new role emerging called prompt engineering, right? That's one thing. So how does one deal with these changes and sort of prepare for the transition to AI? Right. So um, these are just some of my thoughts over here. Um, so first, we need to um, accept the reality. Mm -hmm. uh, many times, the more we choose to disagree with the reality, the more we are going to distance ourselves from potential opportunities that exist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you normally do the SWOT analysis, we always say the SWOT is the strengths, weakness, opportunities and threat. When you do the SWOT analysis, we normally come and say lead with your strengths so that you are able to identify uh, opportunities and you know mitigate the, uh, the, the threats. Mm -hmm. That's how we, we try to come back and say. So in this particular approach, what I normally rec recommend people is, first of all, accept that there is going to be uh, you know, a rude awakening here. And once you have uh, adapted that uh, particular approach, you go on and start looking into any one of those uh, T-shaped skulls. So don't try to focus on what you always know as your strong mm -hmm. um, you know, positioning. Your strong position is important because you want to lead with that, but don't let go of your you know, blind uh, spots. Mm -hmm. So those weaknesses that is going to later come back and haunt you. Because in the, in this, in the project management, product management world, I normally say your strength can become a weakness. Because okay. if you only continue to focus on your strength alone, 
your strength can become a weakness because people will look at that and say, well, you are good only at that and not in other areas. And so I would not need you. So you have to actually start developing that multiple skill set. Now, skills are learned. Competencies are going to be you know, um, continuously earned. So the more you apply your skills uh, in the form of learning, the better your competencies are going to be. So the approach that I would recommend is, first of all, um, adapt something. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is Kanban level thinking or business analytic level thinking, or you are thinking like, I don't know much about the security dimensions that are coming up in this world. So I need to know more about security or data privacy. And Mm -hmm. these are all terms, you know, these are not just words. There is a lot of information behind them. So try to understand that ecosystem. And that's what many times when people come back and say, oh, we are moving from project level thinking to product level thinking. What are they trying to say? They're not trying to say, oh, we don't want this project management ideas at all, like the scope, schedule, cost, quality, team, people, stakeholders, um, risk, uh, procurement, uh, communication. We don't want any one of this. Is that what product level people are telling? No, what they are trying to say is we need the project management foundations, but we need to actually start looking at the big picture, mm-hmm. like the systemic thinking of what is the value? the ecosystem where you are thinking about how these projects interplay and stuff like that. So I would like the, you know, the next generation of business analysts um, to start looking at what are some of those blind spots Do your own SWOT analysis and come and say, this is my strength. And so make sure that you are continuously, uh, you know, skilled in that skill, in that strength area, but mm-hmm. also start looking at some of those weaknesses that is going to remove opportunities away from you. One of the things in India that we say is, uh, you know, if opportunities do not knock, build a door. Right. Right. So you need to start building your capability in those particular areas of whatever you think are going to be your weaknesses. I can't come and say you should always be skilled in this, but based upon who you are, take a inventory of your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats and say this opportunity of AI ML-based emerging opportunities are present. Mm -hmm. And if you are not going to be up to speed with your strengths as well as your weaknesses being addressed, you are going to be threatened. So you come with what are the blind spots that I do not know much about and have an open dialogue with others, you know, come up with mentors or coaching engagements with others to say, this is what I think is really required. What do you think? And have that dialogue and build some of those uh, elements where you are able to move forward. So first thing is going to be, uh, you know, become aware, right? The second thing is uh, awake do something about it mm-hmm. then um adopt something even you may not necessarily know what but you know if you have four or five different things and talk to different people then they are going to come back and provide you some ideas so that's going to be adopt and after that you adapt make it your own because you create new knowledge here right. and once you become you know uh adept at these things these are my five a's you know once you become adept then you will become aware of new information that you were never aware of. So that aware, awake, adopt, adapt, adapt is my cycle of how you continuously look for new information and prepare yourself for the future that is yet to be returned. No, that's that's pretty insightful. So there's a whole um, process to really understand it's almost like doing a gap analysis on yourself when you mentioned SWOT, but also understanding what are the opportunities. Um, 
so what, are there any other um, nuggets of thought that you'd like to leave the audience? Uh... Definitely. So some of the things that I would like to, you know, tell is, first of all, make AI your friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, you mentioned chat GPT. Right. Um, use technology, but don't get used to technology. So use the chat GPT to find out what are the types of risks that are available in my product? What are the types of uh, types of requirements that I should really be creating? What are the non-functional requirements that I should be really focusing on? So you can ask these kinds of questions and learn from this and build your own knowledge base. Um, now, instead of using ChatGPT to write an email, Mm -hmm. Use ChatGPT to find out things that you do not know and start filling the gaps. So make technology your friend. Then, you know, you, technology will help you rather than hurt you, okay? The second thing is um, think like a business. You are a business. Mm -hmm. So think like I am the business. I'm not like an individual, but I am the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the products that we are working, all the team members that we are working with, our, they are our clients. So when you adopt that kind of a thought process, you will be open for ideas. You won't be feeling like this is who I am. This is what I am. And I will never, ever change. I'm not asking you to change your identity, but I am asking to be open for ideas that may emerge. Um, and the more open you are, the better you will be. So that's my you know, second important technique uh, that I, I, uh, I recommend. And don't forget finally that you know, at the end of the day, there are going to be people. Um, you know, human intelligence uh, is always going to be greater than artificial intelligence, in my humble opinion, because humans have evolved over a long period of time. Granted, some lessons were learned multiple times. Granted, some lessons have never been learned. But we also learned a lot of lessons. And artificial intelligence really requires a lot more time to catch up to human intelligence. Maybe one day, not, not maybe in my lifetime, but one day, you know, it may happen that artificial intelligence is bigger than human intelligence. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure human intelligence would have still be a lot more superseding the artificial intelligence. So don't forget the human component of it. So high touch is always greater than high tech. Okay, so interesting. The three things that I would like to propose that people uh, keep in their uh, forefront. No, that's that's great. Thank you so much, Dr. Rajagopalan. It's been a pleasure talking to you, especially the concept about AI, how to, what does it mean in terms of roles? And I really appreciated your insight into looking at it from a perspective of of what are the opportunities? How do you you build skill sets, right? And then in terms of preparing for transition, consider AI as and and people have used the word co-pilot. Um, you know, use AI or any technology as a friend, as a co-pilot, and sort of sort of go from there. Um, if anyone wanted to reach you, how do they go about getting a hold of you? Um, sure. Yeah. First of all, I'm available uh, on LinkedIn. Um, you can access me through the LinkedIn. And uh, my website is www.sriramrajkopalan.com. You can, you know, connect me up there and, you know, reach me over there too. And I'm also available in the Inflectra space. So if you connect with Inflectra, you will see me and then you can reach out to me as well. Great. Thank you so much for your time. And I will include these links in the show notes as well. So appreciate your time and have a great uh, weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. Sure. Not a problem.